Steve Cleveland's weekly interview with DJ and PK is brought to you by Mountainland Supply, where the pros go for plumbing, landscaping, irrigation, agricultural irrigation, HVAC parts, tools, and safety equipment. Find a location near you at mountainland.com. Steve joins us now on the Smart Rain guest line. Smart Rain state-of-the-art smart irrigation controller helps with first-class water management. Visit smartrain.net to learn how to save 30 to 50% of your commercial property's water costs or call 877-346-3333. Steve, good morning. <laughs> good morning. Steve, PK uh, just threw something out, and I be- and he and I have not talked about it, but I believe this 100%. But I believe you have spent more time with the two people in question, and I think you're going to endorse what we believe, but it will mean more coming from you because we're viewing from a distance and you know them better. But I believe the jazz owner, Ryan Smith, just hired a guy he's uh, friends with, Danny Ainge, and I believe they both like to roll the dice more than jazz management has like to roll the dice for decades. And I think that... Um, and I think this isn't a surprise if you're in the tech industry. We've all heard the phrase creative disruption. And even though uh, Ryan Smith unloaded the radio station pretty quickly, the little bit of time that he owned the team and owned the radio station, we heard from our managers, be inventive. Try something different. Don't stick with the status quo. If you don't make a mistake, you're not trying and coming up with new ideas. I think they're going to be more aggressive in player movement than ever before. Now, that doesn't mean they're crazy, and that doesn't mean they're looking to turn the roster upside down tomorrow or at the trade deadline. But when we look back over two or three years, we're going to say, wow, the Jazz are much more aggressive in player moves. Do you believe that based on your relationship with these two people? Uh, Absolutely. I mean, I I think they're – you look at both of them and their success, and, and and I'm, you know, I know Ryan, and I, I think my grandchildren and, and his children. Uh, I've had a son move back up there, so they, th- there's a relationship there, and I've met Ryan a few times, and uh, but you just look at his life and what he's done, and uh, the aggressiveness and just the intelligence and just the, being able to kind of, for me, they're, bo- they're both kind of visionary people, but Ryan specifically. Is someone that from a very young age had a vision about stuff that he's just, he's got an incredible mind. And I think that Danny is a guy that's always thinking outside of the box. And, and, and both of them are so confident, so successful, very people oriented, and, and really connect, connections and relationships are important to them. And when you look at what's happened throughout the state of Utah, especially the impact that Ryan Smith has had. Uh, I don't think any of us five or ten years ago are thinking that, you know, this would be the guy that would own the Jazz and run the Jazz. But and I have complete confidence in this guy to, to, to do things that are different that have been done, uh, to really take the Jazz to another level. And, listen, they've been really successful, but they, you know, I think these guys want to win championships, and they're, and they're not that far away. So uh, making deals and bringing guys in uh, is going to be something that I could see them doing you know, very quickly. Uh, we got. I don't know when. When is the trade deadline here coming up? I mean, it, it's oh, coming got, up pretty soon. Yeah, they got and, a few weeks. Uh, so. They got a few weeks, and you know, there's I don't know, maybe a hundred, hundred and fifty people with that group. That I don't know, they're going to make any immediate moves, but down the road, I can see them really. Uh, their uh, their their impact on on this program is significant, and especially with Danny coming in with all the experience he has and the understanding of the game. Um, I, I read the articles 
that you know indicated that this kind of caught Danny off guard. I think we all just assumed that Danny would be there, but I'm not sure that was true. And uh, so, yeah, I, I, I would agree with you. I, I think they're going to have an impact immediately. Just all of that experience as a player, as an owners, as uh, general managers. I mean, Danny's had about every job except ownership in a in a in an NBA franchise. So uh, he sees this thing with a different set of lenses than than most people do. So. No, it's it's going to be good. I think it's nothing but good for Utah, for the Jazz, uh, and make making them take, getting them to the next step where they're winning. I mean, they, they got to win a championship. That's what they're there for. That's what they want. I'm sure that's their goal is to win an NBA championship, and and they're close. They're close, but I don't I, I don't necessarily think right now that it's it's where it's going to end up being in terms of personnel. Bold moves always fascinate me. You know, I think that it was a bold move to hire you from the junior colleges, and you talked about it a million times over, this no-name dude out of Fresno, and, you know, and had the monumental job you had to do, and proved to be successful. You got to the tournament in four years, and you brought Rose aboard, and Rose bought Pope, so your influence is still felt all these years later. But bold moves always just intrigue me, and this doesn't really make sense, but I'm going to say it anyway. How careful do you have to be when you make a bold move? Typically, you make bold moves when maybe things that have not been working and you want to take a chance. I mean, when I think of that, that first thing that comes to my mind is maybe we need to look at this with a different set of lenses. We Maybe let's take a different perspective on this. This is what we've been doing for a long time, and even though there's a lot of good, it's not where we want to be and we want to get to the next step. I mean, I, I think when you, 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 people usually are pretty bold, at least we look at them from the outside in saying, oh, that was taking, you know, that's taking a chance. I you know, wonder how that's going to work out. And, uh, but I also believe that people that make bold moves, and in the case of Ryan and, 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 and Coach, that they, they have so much experience and in in business in the game and with people that uh i i think they have the confidence in themselves that yes i think these are two two good men who could be bold and they're not afraid and fearful of uh, uh of the challenges that lie ahead i mean I, I think that's why ryan smith got to where he is and is successfully in business and i think danny ames from from being a player uh, all the things he was involved in. I mean, it was bold for Danny Ainge to be playing baseball when he was playing basketball. And, and then, as, as obviously, as, as a coach, uh, and then running an organization with Boston for years, uh, these are two men that aren't afraid to make a decision. And, uh, and, I, I, and they, they'll be sound decisions, but I think to some they will seem bold. And really, when you think about the Jazz, they've not been a – an organization that's made a lot of really big-time bold moves. They've had great coaching, and they've got they've done a nice job with the draft. And, and right now, have a really, you know, have one of the top three or four teams in the NBA. But knowing Ryan Smith and knowing how competitive Danny Ainge is, you know, there, there's one thing they're looking at doing here: and then making bold moves to win an NBA championship. How's that going to happen? How's that going to work? Uh, I know Dan. I don't. I'm not a, you know, I, obviously I've known Danny because I coached his son and, and we've had conversations and been around each other. But the one thing I've known and respected about him from the outside, he's always thinking, he's always tinkering, he's always considering the next step. And, and I got to believe that Ryan Smith 
the empire that he built financially for himself and his companies, he's done the same thing. So you've got two really bright minds that are good friends that both have passion for golf and for basketball and those kinds of things. So they have a lot in common, and it makes sense that they're going to do it together. So we have a guy named Steven tweeting at us, and I wonder how much truth you think to uh, his theory here is. We're talking about what's wrong with the Jazz. They lost twice this weekend. The Spurs at home were one of the you know, worst teams in the West, and then the Wizards, who are kind of a mediocre team in the East. Steven says, having Ainge in the front office has the players on edge and screwing with the team, hence two straight losses. I wish he wasn't with the Jazz. Now, I don't think you'll go with, I wish he wasn't with the Jazz, but I'm curious what you think about Ainge in the front office has the players on edge and screwing with the team's mentality. How much do you buy into that, and how much is that just an excuse? Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't buy into that. I, I, I mean, I, I think that anytime you lose two teams that you absolutely should beat at home, there are going to be a lot of question marks, and and, and those were you know, two bad losses, and uh, and, and certainly uh, not 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 to take anything away. The one thing right now, and I, I I I didn't see those games, and specifically I read about them, I saw highlights and things, but there's so many issues right now in this league dealing with protocol and injuries. You never know who's playing. I mean, I, I I'll I'll sit there and get online and, and watch games, and you know you you. There are more people playing in the NBA right now that I've never heard of that you're going, well, now where did this guy come from? You know, and all of a sudden some guy goes for 27 and, and you're going, hey, he hasn't played in like two years, you know. I mean, right now, I, I think the thing that's impacting the, the entire league is, is, is the protocols again. And, and, and I, I, don't, I think it's going to get worse. And I think the injuries are going to go worse. So I, I think there's more of those kind of issues impacting the entire league where they're so inconsistent and you never know who's going to play and who's on the team and what's going to go on. And managing that, I mean, we got coaches in, the, in protocol. we got players in protocol. And it, it's just a, it's a revolving door every, every day. It's a different team. And that's going to lend itself to upsets. It's going to lend itself to teams not playing with great chemistry and, and just fledgling around. And, but typically you would think through all that, at least if you're at home, if you're at home, you know, that, that puts you in a position. Those are two games they shouldn't have lost. There's just no way. And, and you know, and whether it's, you know, defensively, uh, you know, there were some challenges. But with Danny and Ryan going back to them and their leadership, um, these, these are guys that have had so much experience and so much understanding with people and organizations that, you know, I, I feel absolutely confident that, they're going to take this to another level. I don't know what it's going to look like and how it's going to happen, but I'm convinced the passion they have to, as successful businessmen, successful athletes, successful people all around throughout their lives, that they're not afraid. They're not afraid to take a chance and do certain things. And I, usually fear comes from a lack of understanding. You know, I, you know, I'm not sure what we're going to do here, what we're going to do there. I think with Ryan Smith and Danny Ainge, you've got a combination of two guys that have so much experience, so much understanding, there won't be a great deal of fear. Not every decision is going to be perfect. Not every decision is going to work. But uh, they're going to think outside the box, unlike probably many people in, 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 the, in the NBA. 
late game situations, last possession, that type of thing. The ball's been in Mitchell's hands. There's been a couple times where it hasn't gone like they've wanted. The other night against the Spurs, uh, he had had uh, a little bit of a situation. He's dribbling the ball, and he's trying to get to the basket. And it seems like his head is down in terms of, I'm going to get to the basket. He ends up doing like a scoop, and it does, man. It just seemed like it sat on the rim for for 10 seconds, and it didn't roll in. It rolled off. Uh, he's your best player, obviously, offensively in particular, and he's very dynamic. How do you coach getting the ball into your best player's hands, but him also understanding that he's got four guys out there, so it doesn't necessarily need to be him shooting, but at the same time, you don't want to discourage him. You want him to keep his confidence up. It seems like it's somewhat of a del- delicate balance there. You know, it, it is. And, and, and I don't, you know, whether you're a high school coach or a junior college coach or Division One coach or the NBA, I mean, you, 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 you come into every game knowing that certain scenarios that you're prepared for, like, you know, you're down one, you're down two, you're down three, you know, whatever the circumstances are. And, yeah, you talk through those things. I mean, that, that those are things that are talked about in practice early on. And these, here's our late game plays. Here's our late game sets. We're going to try to get the ball. But one, one thing that I, I know that I did as a coach is that I had five or six out-of-bounds plays or sideline, baseline uh, or, you know, 30 seconds left in the game, 20 seconds, 10 You know, you have all of that set up. That, that has been practiced. It's, it's been orchestrated in practice. It's, it's kind of like, well, hey, we're just going to give him the ball and he's going to go, no, this is what we're going to do. This is where we need to be. Now, that being said, I think there's a lot of, uh, j- just through the public's eye and through media scrutiny that, you know, if the wrong guy shoots the ball, and misses, it's on the coach because why in the world would he have him taking that shot when you've got you know Donovan Mitchell over here who can do this, you know? And so you you kind of you kind of protect yourself in a, in, a, in a way in the sense that I always did it this way. I mean, I tried to, I absolutely tried to make sure that I got the ball in the hands of the guy that was hot, the guy that was to get me to the free throw line to run a ISO or a set where we could get to the free throw line if we were down one or whatever we were, or if we're down three, we got to have a three. So, you know, you have all those things prepared. But I think one of the things you always say coming out of the timeout, especially to, to the guys taking the shot, listen, man, you can do this. I said, if you get doubled, if you get doubled, find, find somebody there. You know, and I always allowed them to, in their mind, know that, hey, I have full confidence in you. But if they come out of you with two or three people, here, what are we going to do if we get doubled? And you have to practice that. You have to practice that. If you don't practice late-game situations, most of the time that they take place, it's just the luck of the draw. A guy hits a fadeaway 17-footer and goes in, well, what a great play, you know. Well, no, we got lucky there. So I think for anybody that's in coaching at any level, has to have late-game situations. they got to have them covered from every spot on the floor, and every day you take 10 minutes on late-game situations, down two, 20 seconds, down one, or three seconds. You know, and, and you do that defensively as well. You know, because a lot of times uh, it, it's a pretty popular thing. If you're up, you know, you're, you, you've got a situation where you foul and take, get them to the free throw line. I've seen every play that's a, to, that worked for me, and I've seen sometimes things that backfire. You know, where you fouled early, and all of a sudden, you know, they make a shot, they miss it, they get the rebound, a guy hits a three, and you lose the game. But I think, I do believe that. This situation in the NBA, you know, you're, you, you've always got one or two guys that can go make a play. 
But there's so much prep that goes into that in practice that it's not like, hey, I'm going to drop a new play. That, that, that seldom happens. Like, I'm going to drop a new play here in 30 seconds to give the guys that they've never run. That's not happening. I mean, I, I think sometimes the media, I think fans give them credit. Oh, man, you do a great. They've probably been practicing that play for two months. And with that specific guy, Donovan Mitchell, shooting the ball. Uh, but things happen, and, and good coaches can defend late-game things. And I always made sure that, listen, you do not you do not have to shoot this thing with two people and give it up. Find the open man. I mean, the, the primary thing is going there. You can do this. You can finish it. Knock it down. And, and you're always if he misses it, he misses it. You know, you, you just got to walk away and say, hey, I had the hands of my best player. Or, hey, I had the hands of my best player. They, they doubled him. He couldn't get it off. And he kicked it out to Conley, who's a great three-point shooting guard, and he missed it. You've done what you've done. You're disappointed. You kind of pass the media test and the fan test, and you say, hey, we had a good play run. That's where we were. Now, you know, you can go back to why were we behind in that situation, <laughs> and that's a whole other narrative and conversation. Man, why were we down anyway? We're playing two teams that are pretty average at home, uh, and, uh, and well, we, we didn't guard. We didn't guard defensively. I mean, the reason they, the, the reason they lost to, uh, to both those teams is just defensively they weren't as good as they needed to be throughout the game, not just late. Totally agree with that. 36 points in the first quarter to the Spurs and 41 in the third. I mean, good yeah. grief. That can't happen. <laughs> no, it can't happen. And, again, uh, you guys are really close to it, but it didn't seem like they were down a lot of bodies and, and you're playing at home, you're sleeping in your own bed. Uh, you, you, you go through that. I mean, it's a grind. I can't even imagine playing 80-some games and, and uh, do what they do. But they travel well. They, you know, it's not that difficult, but I do believe, I'll go back to what I said before, I think we're going to see more upsets and more of this, it, it, you know, just because of all of the COVID protocols, all of the injuries that are happening, just all of the nonsense that seems to be impacting the league. So, I, I mean, it's, it's really, really obvious that Phoenix Suns and Golden State Warriors uh, are really, really good, and Golden State probably going to get a little bit better when and Clay comes back, and we know that Utah's been really, really good. They've got 20 wins, but 80% of this league is hovering around 500. <laughs> you know, a few games over, a few games under, uh, and I and I do believe that uh, there's parity in the league. That's fine, but I just not having the same team day in and day out uh, really uh, it, it hurts. It, it, it's a challenge, and so the teams that can stay healthy and deal with protocol and uh, and keep their guys. And Utah's been able to do that pretty much. But, uh, I mean, I, I think that uh, they've got three games here coming up that are all very, very winnable games. And uh, But, again, you can't take the Hornets for granted. I mean, you know, Hayward comes in here, you know, and drops 40 because he's back in Utah and LaMelo Bell and Rozier and Bridges. I mean, those are all good players. And if you don't come to play, the Hornets can beat you at home. T-Wolves won four in a row, <laughs> you know, and, and and not, you know, they beat Portland and Denver and Lakers and the Mavs. I mean, none of those teams are playing great, but they've won four in a row. And and I'm not sure if Luke is playing for the Mavs, but uh, I think that, uh, you know, th- those are three really winnable games. So uh, hopefully they'll get turned around this week and have a great week and 
you know, all of a sudden be 23 and nine and, and right there where they want to be. But we'll see. You just never know. You never know. But it seems like Conley's healthy now, right? He's playing better and back. And uh, I don't follow it as close as you guys do, but it seems like they're a pretty full strength. So there's real no excuse to, to go through this homestand and, and just kind of fall flat on your face. Uh, these are three winnable games at home, and, 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 and none of those teams are great defensively. And so they, they should, scoring should not be a problem. Throw a basketball question at you. If you're Mark Pope, you lose your two big guys, how do you not feel sorry for yourself? Uh, it's impossible. Of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, Mark, he's, the, uh, he's so positive about everything. And, uh, you know, he's got those two bigs. That, that hurts. And, and with Loner and L.A.T.G. and Troyori, I'm not sure if Francis George, you got four guys that are all undersized that are strong and athletic, but it, it, it'll catch up to them. I, the one thing that BYU does have is, is they've got they've got guys that can shoot it in the perimeter, and and, and as long as they continue, you know, whether it's Marcello or you know Spencer Johnson or Nell, and even the Knight, the Knight kid who's new to the program, has has hit the three ball, and and so that keeps them in games. Uh, and when they play undersized people, but over over time, uh, it, it's made it more challenged for them, no question. And uh, like they're going to play. I guess they're in Hawaii playing in a tournament. And I, I think I looked at the. They're they're all teams I think they can beat. Uh, but when you're down numbers, and guys get hurt or guys get tired, it, it does it can't have an impact. But no, it's tough tough because Marcello, but, but uh, Harward. Uh, is a guy that it takes up so much space. And I've watched him. I've been in Utah in the summer and watched him in his workouts and thought that he, he's just kind of a, a beast there. And, uh, and to not have him, Baxter, obviously, losing Baxter hurts as well. But Harward had such a presence at the rim. And uh, it doesn't sound like either one of them are coming back, to be honest with you. So they'll, they'll do what they got to do. But. Uh, BYU's got a nice – they had a nice win at Weaver. And, uh, I, you know, I watched Utah play, by the way, for the first time. And, you know, Coach Smith, I mean, I'd seen him at Utah State, but he, he does a nice job. And uh, I, I know they don't have all the pieces yet. They're, they're, uh, Fresno State's going to come in and play them Tuesday. Uh, Justin Hudson, who's the coach at Fresno State, is, is a good friend of mine. Um, he was at San Diego State a long time and – his dad was a high school coach here, but he's he's got a nice squad. They're nine and two. They're not real big, but they do have a kid, Orlando Robinson, who's about a seven footer, that'll probably be drafted this year. But they re- they're really they play hard. They're really athletic. They guard like the San Diego State teams did in the past, and and Justin was a part of that. I I don't know how they'll be at altitude and they can make enough baskets, but that'll be a, that'll be a good test for Utah as well. Well, Steve, we appreciate the time. As always, have a Merry Christmas, and we will talk to you again next week. You guys too, man. Take care. Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider, joining us right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. DJ PK brought to you in part by Zero Res. It's the holidays, and people are going to spill stuff on your carpet. It's just how it's going to go. And if you're prepping for the holidays, Zero Res can help clean up before and after the festivities, keeping your carpets clean well into 2022. Give Zero Res a jingle by calling 801-288-9376 or booking online at ZeroResSaltLake.com. Or if you're up north, it's ZeroResDavisWeber.com.